They're coming to get you, Barbara. You're still afraid. Stop it! You're ignorant! Hello, and welcome to Night of the Living Academic Podcast. I'm Caitlin, and I welcome all horror films into my heart with open arms, even the misfit ones. And this is your co-host, Matt, and I have a thing called Standards. And we are back. Sorry we, we have not had uh, a normal schedule. It's just like an extra week. So. I guess, I guess. I just feel like every episode for the last three episodes, we've been promised like a, a return. Holiday season. So it's a, yeah, yeah. Holiday season. That. Sure. Also, we're just, there's just, you know, not movies being released in theaters, so it's That's kind true. of hard to pick things that we want to watch. That's true, but yes. thankfully we have... A subscription to Shudder, and yes. Shudder does help quite a bit with that. Um, and yeah, today we are covering uh, Anything for Jackson, which is a 2020 film. Pretty recent. And it's on Shudder. Yeah. Um, but before we get yeah. into that, do you have any horror news you want to discuss? Yeah, there's another Shudder original that mm-hmm. we were thinking about covering, except I straight up fell asleep and had no desire to watch it again. <laughs> So maybe you could tell us a little yes. bit about that. Movie. That was going to be our episode last week, yes. but um, yeah. So it's not really news. It's been out for a little bit, but mm-hmm. in news to us, I guess. Um, it's a movie titled Porno, so it's very hard to look up reviews and information <laughs> about it online. <laughs> but it's titled Porno. It came out in 2019. It's directed by Keola Racela. I might be saying that very sure. wrong, and I apologize if that's the case. Um, I I have a lot of fun with it. It's uh it's set in the 90s and it's large for the uh, actually the whole time it's set in a movie theater in the 90s, sort of an indie movie theater. So all that alone was like sort of a nice comfort watch. I miss uh, movie theaters so much and That was, was the one, the succubus one. Yeah, and it was just really nice to get back to or not get back to a movie theater but watch a movie set in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the 90s, that was my childhood, so mm-hmm. it's, I, I guess that will always be a comforting sort of zone. But yeah, there, it's, it's, a, it's a succubus movie, and they're also in this sort of uh, conservative Christian town. It seems like the whole town is sort of following these ideas. Um, so it's sort of fun. They get sort of a sex education from the succubus. And there's um, some fun characters, too, which I, I really enjoyed. It, uh, it was like a nice group of, I guess, teens, but they were all clearly older than teens. But uh, mm-hmm. I think they were meant to be teens. There's one guy who seems to not be a teen, like he might have been college aged or something. Um, he was probably my favorite character because he was straight edge. And it was sort of fun watching uh I think it got a good, a good amount of straight edge jokes in there, mm. which I, I appreciated. Um, there was also some of the most visceral gore scenes I've seen in some time. Yeah. You were able to wake up for that, and yeah. I'm sure you you were happy for and, that. But not that much, uh, not like explicit sexually, though. I mean, I know there were some some uh, nudity in there, mm-hmm. but not as what you would imagine with a title like porno. I, I- Yes, but I mean, spoilers, skip ahead a minute if uh, you don't want to know this, but the the nasty gore was a man's, uh, well, first of all, man's balls exploded. Okay, we didn't yeah, see that. But, and the I mean, other one was like his his dick ripped off or something. Yeah, but it wasn't like, <laughs> that's not sexual. <laughs> and then gore. the other one, so one of the other characters had to like sew it back on. <laughs> 
Uh, well, it was very funny. Well, listen, I'm not qualified. I fell asleep during the movie, so pretty... I would say, like, I made it through the first third. Um, but eh, there's a reason why I fell asleep. I fell asleep pretty easily, but I think this one, nothing was going on for a large swaths of it so mm, disagreed you needed to learn about the characters before you could see them face off with the succubus well it wasn't anything for jackson i'll say that much uh and that's getting a little I, bit of head uh, i would agree i liked anything for jackson better but you know what since we're not going kind of and this might be a short episode in general yeah. and we're light on horror news i do want to give a shout out to uh this movie that we watched a while back, I have no idea what the name is, but it was the <laughs> one that was like fake 80s or fake early 90s with all the TV commercials, oh. but it mimicked it so incredibly well. It was like, it was the, like a horror special. It was called the horror, the WHUF horror special or Halloween special. Was that on Shudder or something? It was on Shudder. It okay. still is on Shudder. I, here, I'm getting the title right now, but I think it's WHUF. You could continue. Okay. Well, we never talked about it, and I just wanted to point out that I thought that was a fantastic um, kind of homage. Not even an homage, because it was just straight mimicry, almost. So it was almost like watching a really good impression of, like, 90s television, Mm -hmm. or, or like, late 80s, early 90s television. So... It's With called, the, by the way, it's called the WNUF Halloween WNUF Special. WNUF Halloween Special. So good. So it's not like a good movie in the sense of like, okay, the arc's compelling or the narrative or whatever. It's just like a good, almost like an art project of trying <laughs> to mimic yeah. an earlier error and really nailing exactly what defined those elements of that era. And I thought it did that very well. Um, yeah. And we never got to talk about it. And I always That's wanted true. to mention how... <laughs> spectacularly done that was yeah i really liked that too and i really liked just sitting down and concentrating and watching it and mm-hmm. i did like the story it ultimately wound up told it told mm-hmm. it wound up telling mm-hmm. um but i agree that it's it's like it's more about the recreation it was able to do yeah. and i would say even just like if we're ever allowed to have halloween parties ever again i could see that being a really amazing thing oh, to play absolutely. in the background i would just want like this this production company whoever made that to just produce those like you know yeah the commercials like, the log type things that should put the commercials in the yeah. background just a fun throwback yeah so it is like i said more like an art project to me mm-hmm. not like a good film narrative so it is long for that but I think you're right if you just put it on in the background mm-hmm. of like a cool bar, like yeah. a, a bar or whatever. <laughs> I, I I really I really appreciated the thoughtfulness of capturing that time. So I uh, really would give everybody, like, I can't recommend that, okay, sit through this whole thing because you're going to enjoy the whole hour and 30 th- minutes. I th- think you will. I think you will. Yeah, there is a story. And, and some of the commercials even, like, connect to the story or connect to each other sometimes, which is really right. fun. Well, because it all is very local. Yeah. So, and then, you know, they, they intersect with each other. And yeah. not in, like, a really ham-fisted way either. No, Pretty yeah. natural. Yeah. Like, just, like, how we all kind of grew up. Yeah. So, really great nostalgia piece. Mm-hmm. Um so, but yeah, again, we never got to talk about it, but yeah. I think it t- truly oh, deserves yeah. praise. Thank you for bringing that up. No problem. I forgot we didn't talk about that here. So, another movie that deserves praise. Yes. Also, another Shudder original. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this one got some attention. Well, can you tell us the background about the Hallmark movies? Uh, Sure, yeah. So the reason why I immediately sort of jumped on this movie once I saw Shudder released it uh, for its part of its, like, December programming, um, I noticed people were talking about how it's like, oh, it's sort of a Christmas movie. It's sort of like a, a satanic nativity story. Um, and then I looked up the director and I found out Christmas is not so far away from him. Um, in fact, I couldn't find a single horror movie he's ever directed before this. However, I did find a a considerable amount of Christmas (laughs) rom-coms he has done. Some for Hallmark, I think a lot of them are TV movies, listed Mm -hmm. as TV movies. One, uh, I wrote out a few that I just wanted to share. So, first of all, A Very Country Christmas. That's the first one that caught my eye because... I watch uh, Christmas rom-coms with a group of friends, and we had been talking about wanting to watch A Very Country Christmas (laughs) for a while. It's about a country singer who uh, falls in love at Christmas, I think. We didn't get around to watching it, but maybe someday I will. We also talked about watching Christmas with a Prince. That is not Christmas Prince, but I guess the ripoff of Christmas Prince. The poster is memorable because the Witha is very tiny, so it looks like it's Christmas Prince. Um, <laughs> he, he directed that as well as its sequel, Christmas with a Prince Becoming Royal. Well, Kayla, I want to point out that you're, you're talking about Christmas Prince as <laughs> if this is a canonical if, like. If you know, movie. you know. If you know, you know. If you're one of the it real might be ones. For your friends. And I do want to mention... Christmas Prince is canonical in that genre. I want to... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Christmas Prince is like what Halloween is to horror. Like John Carpenter's Halloween is to horror. Let's, let's take a Christmas time. Christmas Prince I don't is think, to... I don't think people... There might not be major intersections. I mean, well, there might be because it, it think, is kind of a genre I film, mean, this right? director did. But, but the, you unironically like watching christmas rom-coms and i know it's a little ironic it's a little ironic it's genuinely funny you started off because some of the 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 christmas prints in particular tend Mm -hmm. to be like the ones on netflix tend to be a little self-aware and they know exactly what they're going for but not too self-aware either right it's a little like the bachelor in that way yeah yeah yeah. there's same same earnesty in this the saccharine part of it yes (laughs) but you and your group have kind of full up been watching non <laughs> non self aware ones, like just straight up. But it's because fu- it's funny. Like, it's not like stuff, we're the sitting there ones. crying and, and loving it, no, but, but we're making fun of it still. Yeah, but but I'm enjoying it. But anyway. you moved into some of them that are supposed to be genuine <laughs> now, and that actually makes it a little bit spirit mean spirit. <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, just giving you a sense, though. I just wanted to yes. read out a few of these and titles. This, by the way, this is the director Justin Dick. Yes. Um, so he also directed A Very Country Christmas, Christmas Catch, Christmas with a Prince, A Christmas Village, Christmas with a Prince, Becoming Royal, Christmas in Paris, Christmas in the Rockies, uh, among others. He's also done, yeah, some, like, uh, children's films. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the IMDb page. He does have a witch's ball, but it looks mm. to be like yeah, a, child's uh, a child Halloween movie. He also produced a movie, I don't have the exact title, but he produced a movie that is a dog reboot of Fast and Furious. I believe it's titled <laughs> Fast and Furious. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I've, I spent a while on his IMDb bef- a few days ago. Okay, so this is all to say... I love him. This, yes, <laughs> you love him. And this is his first foray into 
horror. It looks to be horror. Yeah. I can't tell if anything else is yeah. after being... It doesn't seem... It seems like he's only done children's movies and then these Christmas rom But arguably not somebody who's unfamiliar with genre films then. Yeah. No, he's yeah. definitely been working within the genre. And I think, honestly, I think it sort of makes sense... As someone who loves both the Christmas rom-com and horror, I feel like, you know, I feel like you can move back and forth. And I think we did see some Christmas rom-com influence maybe here and there in anything for Jackson. We'll we'll talk about that. I did too, but I don't know if that's a positive thing. But, um... Uh Yes. And also some of the actors, too, that he casted, some of them do We're have in. some Christmas rom-com experience. Mm. Not prolific as his is, but... Yeah. But needless to say, it is... I guess uh, it shouldn't be as unusual as it seems when you first hear it. Yeah. Where it does seem to be like this fun contradiction. But, uh, you know, and I think that's what helped bring it to our attention. Mm-hmm. But it turns out it is a really... Well... We have our summaries. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spoil it a bit. I thought it was a really good movie. But yeah. first, let me just go ahead with the synopsis yes, so we can yes, start yes. talking about it. Uh, actually, the synopsis is pretty simple here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a pair of grief-stricken grandparents who are attempting to resurrect their grandson, uh, the titular Jackson, who died in a car accident. And they're trying to resurrect them through means of a satanic sacrifice uh, of which they had to kidnap and... Um, you know, perform a ritual on this pregnant woman. I think it's a little unclear of whether she was meant to die. I, I don't know mm-hmm. any of that. We could talk about it. Yeah. Or we, we wouldn't have to even talk about it. So that that's really it uh, in terms of synopsis. Um, but I really just want to go on my way to mention that part of the compelling thing about this movie is the fact that, you know, the, this these grandparents are really pretty normal, upper-middle-class people. And that's the whole compelling part of the movie they're just like normal people trying to kick you know do their best to keep up with you know this horrific world that they end up you know subjugating themselves in partially because of the grief and trauma you know and and the desperation that comes from that so anything else that you want to you know talk about that that we might have missed out on not for the summary no okay so, Kaylin, why don't you go ahead and tell us, you know, your thoughts and feel- overall thoughts and feelings, knowing that we, have, of course, are going to dive into everything a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, so, I, like you said, I also really liked this movie. It's probably one of my favorite movies I've seen in a while. Um, so, that was very excited, exciting. I've been craving this sort of film for a while, like craving a new type that has this sort of energy, although I can't think of another movie that exactly has the same attitude. Um, mm. So, and I don't even know exactly how to label it or describe it, but I love this. The attitude of this movie is so good. And I think, um, like you were saying, a lot of this movie, or this movie is about grandparents who are struggling and going through grief the, of their dead grandson, um, and using satanic means and kidnapping this pregnant woman, it sounds like it's going to be very heavy and traumatic and depressing, maybe a bit of like a hereditary sort of energy. And yet what I love about this movie is that it it's, I mean, I do love hereditary too, but it's like, yeah, it does still show this honest portrayal of grief and trauma. I thought it did a pretty good job of that. And yet it still is sort of, funny and sort of like i don't know what it you is what, it's can like can i ask you to pause there because yeah the main thing i want when i'm going through my summary mm-hmm. i didn't want to talk about because the main thing i want to talk about okay. is the tone of the film okay so i'll wait on that but like i'll just part. say then 
I loved that. Okay. And um, I loved the characters too. I think in j- this whole script is very well written. It's the pacing is really well well put together. There's like a, a good amount of intrigue that will keep you invested in this film, even during those sort of quieter moments. The characters, I sort of cared about everyone, um, even if they were on screen only for a little while. And even with this sort of fun tone, I still did care about everyone. And I think it's such like a uh, like an original and refreshing take on, uh, I guess, possession, exorcist, satanic, whatever genre, subgenre. And yet it still has a lot of, clearly has a lot of, I guess, respect for the films that came before it. I noticed a lot of sort of visual references to The Exorcist, most obviously. Um, So yeah, and I think um, for the most part, uh, the ghosts and creatures, so yeah, apparently the whole thing is that when you have, when you open up the portal or the doorway to the afterworld and welcome it into this unborn host, um, even though you may want your dead grandson to be the ghost that embodies this unborn child or that takes over the body of this unborn child, apparently when you open that door, other ghosts can come through if you're not like doing it properly. Um, so there were a lot of these other ghosts around. Uh, some of them, you know, they had a really low budget. They had a $250,000 budget total, Mm -hmm. but other ones, like there's like this woman flossing her teeth, the teeth are falling out. Oh, that one, a really tall guy in a ghost costume. That was really creepy. And then this like contortionist man under the bed with a plastic bag on his head. So there's some that are just like, you can make really cheap you know you could do it really cheaply to make them really creepy but again it goes back to the writing and and their ability to create characters so even these ghosts are created really really smart uh in such a way that they're still creepy but simply executed i guess Mm -hmm. like all they had to do is put a sheet on top of this really tall guy and it was (laughs) automatically very creepy um so yeah i loved it not sure on the ending uh, I think we could. That's something I definitely want to talk about. Yes. Not that I don't like it, but that I just don't understand it. Yeah, work. It's kind of messy. In there, yeah. I think. Um. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay. <clears throat> Great. I mean, so I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Short of loving it, and uh, you know, just to make sure our audience know, I'm. We'll talk about the things I love. The tone is something I've never experienced in a film, which I really love. And again, we'll we'll dive into that. I think that's going to be my biggest discussion point. Um, with that said, there, you know, I tend to focus on the flaws that doesn't make it a fantastic film. And, you know, to me, it just felt like a really strong script, really strong premise. Execution, not quite there for me. Uh, and I hate to say it, 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 something about it, and maybe it is because I know Justin, directed Justin Dyke's history mm-hmm. with the Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. It did seem to be limited by budget. And we're fans, and we're, you know, big fans of low-budget films. Mm-hmm. Like, and we argued in the past that, like, low budgets can create opportunities. Mm-hmm. In this, something about this movie felt like the low budget hindered, like, limited something to mm. it. That made it feel like a prestige horror film, but just limited because of that budget. So it's not among the greats like hereditary it just it just feel it falls pretty far short of that but still a strong film um 
you know, some like an example of this would be, I, I don't know if it's a budget thing, but it's just like this, this made for TV movie mentality of like the side characters were very clearly like side characters. They had dialogue as if like, you know, you're not going to commit to these guys. They're just there for fodder, which I know is a horror movie thing, but something about this made it feel like not a horror movie thing, but like a hallmark, like, oh, a store grocery, you know, <laughs> corner grocery kind of guy. I'm thinking particularly of the uh, lawnmower guy sure, who yeah. like, I, you know, I don't know what his role is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I disagree about some of the, the supernatural scares. The, the contortionist was really good, but... You know, again, kind of pointing to the low budgetness. I felt like they showed too much of some of the uh, supernatural ghosts, and it just looked, it didn't work for me. It felt cheap. It wasn't scary. The best parts in the movie were related to the tone, were related to the grandparents and their daily struggle within the world that we live in. And it wasn't, I think, the weakest part in the movies were their struggles with the supernatural, out otherworldly stuff that they dealt with. So, in a way, and again, we're going to talk about the tone, but, like, it's a comedy of errors, yeah. some, a lot of the yeah. movie. And I thought th- that was the very best parts in the movie and things I wanted to see the entire time. Um, and I, you know, wish they had kind of focused on that, but it was, you know, not... It was, like, maybe 30% in the movie, I feel like. Hmm. So... All this is, again, not to say that these are big enough flaws to make this a bad movie. I'm only stating this because they're flaws that kind of hinder it from being a really... You know, I see a lot of potential with the premise, with the script, with the acting. Uh, the character, the grandparent characters are really well real well acted. I thought um, it was Henry and Audrey. I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I can't name the actors' names. Uh, Sheila McCarthy and Julianne, Rich- Julianne yeah. Richings. Um and I think, you know, you could keep them for a prestige horror film. I think they would have would have brought it there. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, there, there's just limitations a, l- a, l- a little bit everywhere else for me. But, again, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I really would recommend it. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, I keep on referring to it. Let's talk about the tone. Um, mm-hmm. Let me start off. I know you started off talking about it. Yeah. But, to me... It's weird because it is, like I said, a comedy of errors at some points. It is deeply dark and deeply funny, but it approaches it with such earnestness. Mm-hmm. Like, you never... And I I could have been very turned off on this movie when it was, wink, wink, you have to laugh here now. because. So, for example... One of the first, like, introductions to, like, understand that these grandparents start to unveil what they were actually mm-hmm. into. They attend a, their <laughs> Satanist, um, or what, I don't know, whatever you want to yeah. label that as, Satanist meeting group mm-hmm. in, like, a commu- like a nice little suburban community center. Yeah. It I was, think, like, the library. I think. It was, like, community library, yeah. I think. And I think a lot of other choices, like... Uh, movies that I'd be less interested in would have done that and be like ham it up. It's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, say this in the community library? Isn't that ridiculous? And someone brought baked goods? Yeah, someone brought baked goods. But the way this movie approached it was like, yeah, where else is there a meeting center in town? And why not have baked goods? Because <laughs> yeah. people are there. Like, yeah. they didn't try to, it just like approached this very, very, again, earnestly, authentic. Mm-hmm. And it is deeply funny, but it is 
real mm-hmm. too. And none of the movie, some you know what there there may have been one or two points in the movie where it was just kind of like a little in your face, like you know, is this ridiculous that mm-hmm. these grandparents are? But even even one of even what could have been the most ridiculous part in the movie, not the community center. It's when the the grandmother Audrey she makes these. Oh yeah, I loved this. She actually. had like hand knit like cuff warmers mm-hmm. because they handcuffed the pregnant lady, and then she felt bad because she's a nice person. Yeah, and so she made these she knit these cuff well things nice. Yeah, desperate. <laughs> yeah, she knitted these cuff things so you know she, the lady would be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it is deeply <laughs> funny. And, I, and they're like these like pale like uh, pastel yeah. color sort of looked like those doilies or like the things grandmas put on their toilet paper yeah rolls. or like you know <laughs> pot handle holders yeah. or whatever else but again the movie doesn't try to like make ham it up Mm-mm. it doesn't try to like make it a point that you should be laughing at this it's just like this is part of her character this yeah. would actually really happen if your grandparents were put in this position Mm -hmm. that they didn't know what else to do and they're just trying their best and this is what happens yeah and i think that's like that moment especially i was thinking about this that it's like it's funny because it is some i don't know it just is funny i'm not gonna explain it um it is funny but it's also sort of sort of like sad too because you see how far this grandma has come Mm because she was this Probably this very lovely, loving grandma. She likes to knit. She likes mm-hmm. tea. She makes cookies at one point. Um, so, yeah, it's just like it's troubling because of this sort of like the mundane nature of mm-hmm. this particular horror. And also sort of what she wa- was. It's like a glimmer of what she was before this grief has taken over her. I, I think you're her. really nailing it here yeah. of why this movie. And this is why I said... These parts of the movies were the best parts of the movies because, like you said, so much is showed here. It's not just it's funny for the sake of being funny, but it reviews, like, their desperation. Mm-hmm. It reviews their true personalities, which is, you know, just decent people just pushed to the limits yeah. of what to, to do indecent things for their desperation mm-hmm. because of trauma yeah or or grief yeah and i think too even even the way the story is structured um sort of taps into what you were saying before too how it never like hams things up i guess is the best way to put it but even even the story itself it's never like it's it's grandparents doing satanism the movie just opens on the morning of when they first kidnap this mm-hmm. woman and they know she's going to be walking past their house so it's them sort of waiting for her to walk past the house and then pull her into the house and take her upstairs into this soundproof uh room that used to belong to their grandson i guess it seemed mm-hmm. like um but i loved it like the camera was just sort of positioned on on one wall uh sort of i almost eye level maybe a little lower and mm-hmm. it just stayed there and it just sort of filmed the room as this was going on and it didn't try to try to you know do anything artistic with mm-hmm. the way it was filming it it just was sort of like welcome to the story yeah. and this is what's happening now and then throughout the film it was sort of like that like they never went out of their way i felt to like ex- hold our hands and explain mm-hmm. like oh the grandparents they are into satanism now and they're gonna try to put their grandson's um soul into this pregnant woman's 
baby that's in her belly. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, it just like things, information just naturally comes when it comes. And it, it felt like, and maybe this is part of why the ending wasn't there. I don't know. So maybe they didn't do it completely right. I, I'm not sure. But I yeah. liked how it just felt like the movie didn't care if we got it or not. But, you know, they well, they did. They did. I mean, yeah. they, they wrote the script in the way they did. But it felt like like a really authentic, realistic portrayal of these days, whatever these days were that all these events happened. I think I think it was just like good editing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of slightly disagree. I did feel like the editing was a little um, manipulative in the sense that I think it was mostly good, and I think it is a unique way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is like a little obvious too at the same time because you know the way they just put in flashbacks, so sure. it felt seamless, yeah, right. But like obviously they are kind of trying to build from the flashbacks. Mm. I don't know how to I don't know yeah. how to put this kind of correctly, but no, I it see wasn't what bad. you're saying. But it, it, it just wasn't unnecessary feel, either. It felt very strangely realistic yeah (laughs) and and i think that's why the characters too and why those performances were so important especially from the grandparents and also the the pregnant woman uh shannon becker who was played by constantina mantelos um and then also ian who's i really liked this character ian who is this uh another person from their satanic group uh he's played by josh Rudas, um, but he's like a basement dwelling me- yeah. metal, uh, not metal, uh, metal head guy. Um, and it's just so funny because I said this to you while we were watching the way, so they approach him to get him to help them understand the spell. They, they somehow got their hands on this thousand plus year old book mm-hmm. that has all these satanic rituals and stuff inside of it and they get him to help them near the end um, because they realize i guess that they weren't doing the possession spell properly or whatever um and it just reminded me so much of like boomers going to millennials <laughs> and like even his attitude was like ugh, yeah you, yeah, you guys didn't do this properly. I know you guys want to cut corners, but you really can't cut corners when you're dealing with Satanism. You know, and, and it speaks volumes to the movie how they made this guy into such an archetype, right? Yeah. This basement dwelling, angry, um, anti-social yeah. person. Mm-hmm. But it felt real. It, did, it felt <laughs> it like a very natural yeah. person. And like, it didn't feel like, you know. And we were joking how, you know, this is a... Um, Zabrowski row. Henry yeah, Henry Zabrowski from last podcast. La- yeah. You know, he, he tends to occupy these types of things, but he mm-hmm. would have like been a like an ill fit for this movie because he would have hammed that up. And he, he, he wouldn't have looked as like this guy sort of had like a very creepy look to him almost right. like a darker energy than Henry. Maybe yeah, Henry's has. too excited. This guy, <laughs> this guy looked very antisocial. Like, yeah. He somehow embodied this type. Like, yeah, of, sort of chaotic. And he even had that, that big comb over too. For some reason that really stood out to me and really creeped <laughs> yeah, me out. It out. And then he pushed it back with blood at the end. Very good. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, he, he, did like, a, he did a really good job. Dangerous energy, but still like nerdy at the same time. Still sort of like a nerdy basement dweller that you'd be like, okay, yeah. okay, Ian, shut up. But then also be like, oh my God, is he going to shoot up everyone tomorrow? Well, he killed his mom. So. <laughs> yeah. But true. yeah, it like, but, but somehow still not making it seem like, you know, a yeah. stereotype. And even when he did kill his mom, it was, it was like, 
sort of in pass. It was like, because they, they never had a chance to really deal with it. Yeah. And I love that too, because I think normally most movies would be like, oh, Ian killed, oh, I'm on the phone and I just found out. Right. Ian killed his mom before he came here. Close up on my panicked reaction. But it was just sort of like in the midst of all this chaos, the grandparents found out over the phone that Ian killed his mom. Right. And then they don't really get it. Ch- and in fact, they sort of brush it under the rug because they want Ian to think that they're like still going with the plan. Okay, Ian, calm down. And yeah, I I just love how this movie really did go with that sort of Everyday, everyday life colliding with high magic. Right. And then, but, um, so regarding the comedy of errors situation mm-hmm. too, something we, we kind of glossed over about that is uh, there are scenes, like the most tense moments are, one of the best mom- scenes in the movie was when he was like dealing with one of his psychotic patients while like trying to talk to his receptionist at once mm-hmm. or like trying to lie to the cops. Like these are, they did a really good job of showing how these these grandparents are just not equipped to <laughs> do this stuff and, and oh. they're still over in over their heads. I thought that patient was like someone from their satanic group and it didn't make sense to me. Like I thought he was in on it. Oh uh, no, I think it was just you yeah, know, I think, high I think you're right too. I think you're right. So but that that did lead that had a you know impact on the lies. Yeah. yeah totally. Um so let's talk about I guess what happened at the end. Cause I Yeah, I'm not don't really know. sure. So yeah. here, here's a mistake I think, you know, and I, I don't mm-hmm. want to miss, not mistake's a bad word. In my opinion, a flaw of the movie is you can be ambiguous and go with the ambiguity mm-hmm. or you can be specific about the lore. I think it went somewhere in between and it didn't pay off for that where it kind of told, explained to us what the intention was. Mm. But then when things go haywire, like, you know, you can't like I don't I can't put together two and two like what happened because of what mm-hmm. and, and and it seemed to not contradict its own in universe logic, but like you know, just make just go ambiguous. Yeah. Or or you know, and you don't have to explain it to us. But yeah. don't like half explain it and then stop explaining it and then like we'll all like what actually happened at the end. Which is how sure, I yeah. kind of felt. Yeah, I almost would have preferred her just just a shot of the pregnant woman driving away from the house. Yeah. And just end there. We don't know what happens to her. So just so the audience knows, but you should really watch this. But if you haven't watched it or you need a refresher. Yeah, spoilers here. Yeah. Spoilers. So it ends with the pregnant woman getting a... She was able to escape. She gets into... With the aid of the grandparent, with right. the grandfather who realized yeah. at that point... Well, were... once once the grandma gets killed, is killed by yeah. Ian... Uh, he has no reason to continue because he was apparently doing this all for love, which Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah, I said at one point, this is like the yeah. ultimate romance movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the grandfather is not grief stricken. He's just trying to do his best. I like that line, by the yeah. way, where he's like, I knew I can't pull the grandmother up. So I just had to get down with her. Yeah. Oh. Something like that. Yeah. And there's a shot too where they're where they're both lying dead and like their blood mingles together. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Um, so the pregnant lady escapes. She gets into I think wait, it's wait, their I'm sorry. car. Before we get to that, <laughs> I wanna know, do you do you think was Ian try, actually trying to help them or was he trying to did he go off course to do his own thing? Because I can't I even think, figure that out. I think he was trying to help them at first. But I think because he steps, so Ian, 
Ian says all this stuff repeatedly about how important the salt circles are. Uh Um, And he steps across the salt at one point. He He breaks the boundary. And so I think... And that's when things start getting weird with Ian. So I think what happens is I think he's maybe not getting possessed, but maybe a little influenced from the house. Because he was saying, too, how, you know, all the ghosts will be looking for any vessel they can find. Um, so so even, you know, even though you're not like an unborn baby and you might be a harder vessel to occupy, they might still try. So I think he's at least being having some sort of dark influence, or at least that's how I read it. That he wasn't like fully Ian anymore. I didn't. I didn't catch any of that. So that. Just, <laughs> I mean, I think part of it is like we didn't catch all the dialogue. Yeah. Some of the sound mixing was a little weird at points, and it might have been really well, dense. And we also have a train that pa- passes our apartment yeah, every now and then, and when the train passes, you can't hear anything on the TV. I, didn't, I well, I, I ended up not catching any of that. Um, so what's supposed to have happened is the dead the. The dead soul, the wandering soul of the grandson Jackson mm-hmm. is supposed to have been around and he was supposed to presumably take over and infest the soul of the pregnant lady's baby. Yeah. That's or infest I was the body. Saying. take Kick that soul out. Kick that soul out and he takes over and mm-hmm. now Jackson gets born yeah. to the grandparents. Um, I, I, I assume that was the case. That may not be the case either. I don't know of the woman the pregnant lady was supposed to end up dying or not the grandmother says she wasn't i don't know it seemed like she had to because apparently the devil was expecting a a, a, an exchange Uh so i think i don't i mean that must have been that was the only person they could have killed they're not going to kill each other well if they kick out the soul of the original baby if. Does that really count as a death? <laughs> is that good enough for a devil? I don't know. Why do you ask all the uh, anti-abortion people? <laughs> anyway, but so, and then with throughout all this, you know, ghosts that are invited in or like can kind of sort of mm-hmm. come into this process because, you know, they're you open that gate. Yeah. They're just trying to claw in. So jumping ahead, did the grant, did like the main demon of this who was named end up infecting the grandfather and get born out of that is that like where that guy came from i don't know because <laughs> something was growing out of the grandfather oh i didn't even notice yeah, that something like chest burst back burst huh. out of it and oh, i think it's okay main, i didn't remember that. the main thing but we see the main thing at the end yeah okay so let me t- say the end okay so at the very end she escapes she gets into the grandparents car she drives it's snowing i believe yeah and she drives she drives it seems like she's driving for a pretty good amount of time and she's driving down this pretty isolated road surrounded by woods and and then she sees the main demon who sort of looks like let's see very feathery sort of has like a plague doctor looking face or like a birdish face Mm -hmm. like a raven humanoid that's in the drawing and what came in the road didn't look like that to me but uh, I, I don't know i don't know because we saw that demon up close earlier in the movie in the house yes. he appears yes um so i assumed it was that again but the weirdest part so whatever it was we saw that sort of side profile pretty far away walking slowly across the road and then it just stopped and then it's cut it's a cut back to the pregnant woman who puts her hands on her stomach and then looks down and sort of smiles at her baby bump. Yeah. Like, knowingly. And then that's how the movie ends. Uh, see, like, I think we're... Well, 
I want to say we're careful watchers, but we may have missed some very important dialogue that explains all of that. But I don't think we missed that much dialogue. Yeah, I can't. So it would be problematic for the movie from a critical point of view if a few lines of dialogue has to explain everything Mm -hmm. like this much. So I will, you know, fault the movie for that. But I think the bottom line is, you know, the lore is not as well fleshed out. Like... And again, you you can be. You can make it go ambiguous haywire, but don't try to start explaining things mm-hmm. and, and then kind of leave us really hanging. Yeah. Things just like really don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, because it almost, like, I was almost wondering if the pregnant woman got possessed then, if she's happy about it. If she's happy that there's know. a demon in the room. I don't know. I Like, I actually thought the they were showing that the baby was dead because like whoa uh, she was like she was all bloody down there well she was bloody all over because of the grandparents dying and i think ian was flicking blood as like part of the ceremony there was like a lot of blood everywhere so when she ran away she was already covered in blood Mm -hmm. uh to begin with so i think needless to say you know whatever the case may be the final act of the movie falls short from what (laughs) I liked about the movie, and and that was like the rust of it, the the yeah. dealing with the the dealing of everyday life along with this, and then once they actually get full supernatural, mm-hmm. it, it gets it gets narratively messy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I I do like a good chaotic ending. Um, so I don't know, maybe it just means we have to think about it a little longer, and it's not going to make me love this movie any less that I don't. Yeah get get it um but i but yeah i I don't know i i remember i was very confused by the ending of hereditary when we first watched it but at the but it was a different type of confusion where i felt like i had all the clues i just need to sort of put them together Mm -hmm. whereas here it does feel like i don't really have anything to work out necessarily the genius of hereditary is you do finish the movie from the first time probably most people i would guarantee i I would argue if anybody says they walked out of the movie and immediately figured out everything, yeah. that they're just lying. But that's what I. But I like that's. What I bring that up just because I do like yeah. that type of ending that yeah. like you do have to spend some time with. Right, but, but I, I don't think those pieces are in place in this movie like I they agree. were for her. Anyway. I agree. I agree. Yeah, um, scaffold like that. But regardless. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a Stephen King fan, so I'm sort of used to endings oh, just sort God. of, you know, just right. things just sort of ending. <laughs> um, uh, did you have anything, any other topics that you wanted um, to discuss? In yeah, one thing. So I read on IMDb's trivia for this movie um, that apparently there are three hidden ghost scenes in this movie, but no one has yet pointed them out. One of them I definitely think I saw. Um, I don't remember exactly where, um, but it was in the grandparents' bedroom. And it was after the scene where there was definitely a ghost in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So it was the scene in that bedroom following that one. And if you look in the bathroom, there was a whole human silhouette in the mirror of their bathroom. Um, And I didn't point it out because I thought I was just seeing things. But now I'm certain after reading this that that was one of the secret ghost scenes that I saw. All right. And I wish I read this trivia before because I would have had a keener eye and I would have written down all of these hidden ghost moments. You know, I 
I don't I don't care about like, hidden <laughs> it's ghosts. Fun. It's fun. Hidden ghosts are fun. It's like, okay, good that you catch it. I just I hate when people talk about it more than oh. I hate you know, because I think it's good if, um, you know, that's part of a, a good technique, I guess, if you think mm-hmm. you see something. Yeah, it fits with the ghost, like yeah. a ghost, a haunting. Yeah, but then once, you know, communities start doing Where's Waldo situations on it, <laughs> it goes down the drain for me. Oh, my God. That happened very prominently with uh, Hill House. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. That I was just like, you know, you're kind of defeating the whole purpose of <laughs> the point of these hidden ghosts in the first place well, by focusing all your attention on looking for hidden ghosts. That's a Reddit, the Reddit community, I guess. Well, yes. The internet community. Um, what else? Um, oh, another fun little piece of trivia is the house that this was filmed in belongs to the writer. Okay. That's his actual home. <laughs> it's a very nice house. Yeah, I know. Kaylee, you should think about this. <laughs> I know. And what else? Oh, and then I just wanted to talk about that ghost ghost. Um, I thought... No, the, the one oh. that's dressed as... So, Trick or Treat, it starts as a little kid ghost. Yeah. Trick or Treat. And then she goes and they have like an elevator in the house. Yeah. And this thing unfolds itself. It's so tall. Yeah. Did you not think that was scary? I thought it was, I like the idea of it, um, but I guess something about the filming just made it look too, made it look a little <laughs> goofy. Like, I like the idea of, and when you say ghosts, we should probably explain for those who haven't watched it, mm-hmm. it's the it's traditional eyes in the blanket, yeah. um, you know, who's a good example of it? Linus from The Great Pumpkin uh, <laughs> Charlie series, Brown, Charlie Brown, Peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, like a KKK sheet. Ghost. I, I guess one of those types of ghosts. Except it's a ghost, but it's just like a really tall guy in it. So it must have been mm-hmm. a really big blanket. It's similar in Halloween. Michael Myers wears the the ghost sheet as well. Yeah, it's a very clean white sheet, and mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah, it was a little creepy. It was a little unsettling, but uh, the I part show too much. It did. What? What? I will say. What was cheesy about that was when. It was like a little kid voice when it was a little kid size going trick or treat. And then the second it turned into the big tall one, trick or treat. <laughs> like a WWE wrestler or something. Yeah, I thought it was a tinge goofy. Not as bad. I don't know. Oh, I liked there it. There was other ghosts that looked worse to me. So, Well, Contortionist was definitely the scariest one. Yeah, because that's he was doing like completely practical effects Ooh. there of a natural contortionist which <laughs> yeah. is actually creepy to look at in my opinion yeah so, yeah along with the, sound the plastic effects. bag over his head is also pretty creepy yeah. but like the the flossing lady oh i didn't like that at all but flossing already that's like a very visceral reaction i'm yeah. gonna get from that yeah didn't land for me <clears> all the way yeah all right well i liked the ghosts okay. And it seems we like this. I don't think I have anything else really to say except do it, you should definitely watch it. Yeah, no, um, I don't want to even re-bother trying to summarize everything because my opinions do stay the same. Mm-hmm. I would highly encourage everybody to watch this. I am excited to see, well, I'm sorry to say for Justin Dyke, I may be more excited about the writer whose name I can't even Keith name. Cooper. Keith Cooper. I'd like to see what comes out of his camp. Mm-hmm. Maybe wrong. No, and, and don't get me wrong. Justin Dyke did, did a, a great job, especially if he was responsible for, like, you know, the tone and the, and the performances. Acting, the performances, yeah. for sure. Um, 
but the premise, you know, was again stronger than the, some of the execution. Yeah, I was actually thinking while while we were watching, like how much I would have loved if this was a novel. How obsessed with this novel I would be, or if yeah, it was like a short story right. or something. Right, right. I I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think this would have been a really fantastic novel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, what what are we rating it out of? Ooh, um, big ghosts. Big ghosts. Big ghosts. Little ghosts. Or, uh, yeah, I guess that's the most sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's, like, any specific prop. I guess there's the book, but no, that's not go. as fun as Big Ghosts. Yeah, Big Ghosts. Okay. Well, out of 10, I'm going to give it an 8.5 Big Ghosts. I really liked this movie. Okay. I'm not too far away. I'm going to give it 7 Big Ghosts and 9 Little Ghosts. Oh. So it's a 7.9. Oh, yeah. I guess my... Oh, I didn't have a point five. Or did I have? You a said point? eight point five. I think this is how bad I am at oh, reading. Yeah, things. you don't remember. So, <laughs> a second after. So you the point five is the is the child ghost. And so eight, eight big ghosts, five big ghosts. five little ghosts. No, just a half of a big ghost, which is a child ghost. <laughs> it's eight of those big tall ghosts, and then one of the child versions oh. standing there. I, I'm going different. I want like a lot of little <laughs> children ghosts. That'd be scarier. So seven big ghosts, nine little Ooh. ghosts. You got a whole entire ghost community. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Well, uh, that about summarizes anything for Jackson 2020, recently released on Shutter. Please check it out. Yes, and. and... Yeah, who knows what we'll cover next time. I know. I think we are actually eagerly awaiting to cover that Freaky Friday. Oh, yeah, Freaky. Uh, freaky, it's just but called. Also, maybe we should do a Christmassy one if we have time next week. Are we run- we're running out of Christmas ones, though, right? I don't know. Because this was supposed to be the Christmas one because it was reversed nativity scene mm-hmm. which by the way i'm still really trying to put it together nativity. i still don't know why people i think it's like it that. well they're calling it reverse exorcist i get that yeah um sure. this is but it's like a satanic nativity which i think makes sense because it's like welcoming your the pregnant woman into your home but then i, I think it's just going too far to try to make it christmasy <laughs> just call it it's like it's, 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 it's snowing it's cult this satanic cult this sure. movie that's it but, but possession I think well, there's plenty of Christmas horror we haven't watched uh, that we could definitely cover. Well, I want a good one like Christmas Evil, which mm-hmm. no one te- people don't talk about. I'm glad Joe Bob actually yeah, Joe called Bob it covered out. it. But uh, that's buried in one of our Christmas stocking stuffer episodes, and I wish I wish we did a full episode. Yeah, on it, Christmas it's Evil one of my really favorites. Good. Maybe we could revisit Silent Night, Deadly Night. Maybe it's been a we close never to like half a decade. It. Yeah, watching so, that. so and I do love sure. It. Let's plan for that. I don't know if that's coming out anytime soon, though, because we got Christmas and all the holidays coming up. So we'll see. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. But thanks again for everybody listening, tuning in. Yeah. And next time we'll be here, we'll, we'll be here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>